Café Sofé is an unscripted interview-style podcast that features a member of the LGBT plus community every single week. This podcast is released in four parts every week from Monday to Thursday. Join us with your morning coffee or your afternoon coffee or your middle of the day coffee or your middle of the night coffee. We don't judge. On Friday, the full episode will be released compiled together. But if you would like to hear every episode a whole week earlier, consider supporting us on Patreon. Search for Cafe Sofé. The link is in the description. Now, join me and my guest this week as we enter Cafe Sofé. Oh, hello! Welcome to Cafe Sophie. I'm Sophie Sophie, so I'll be your server today. Uh, what can I get for you? I have a large cappuccino, extra bleachy, please. Of course! Um, and what can I, uh, what's your name so I can write it on the cup? Marie St. Sandy. Okay, Marnie Mint Mandy. Okay, got that. You know, your drink's gonna take a while. Would you like a little I don't know, espresso while you're sitting and waiting? Oh, why not? It's not like I'm in a rush or anything. Of course, no bother. Okay. So, I like doing this thing while we're, you know, waiting for the drinks to get made. Um, I call it espresso yourself. And basically, I'm just gonna ask you some quick fire questions while you're sitting and waiting. Great. You go with that? Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, let's get this out of the way. What are your pronouns? I use any pronouns. When I'm out of drag, um, he, they. When I'm in drag, I usually tend to go more towards she, her. Oh, you're a drag queen. I yes. didn't notice. I just thought you had a really sharp nose. Well, <laughs> what can I say? Genetics. <laughs> and whereabouts are you from? I'm originally from the Highlands, but I moved to Glasgow about six years ago uh, to study, and while I was there I got horrendously distracted during my degree with becoming a part-time woman. Mm, it is difficult being a part-time woman. I wouldn't know, but I can imagine. <laughs> so, I hope this isn't too forward, but how old are you? I'm 24. 24, wow, you're practically decaying in front of me. I'm going to be 25 in April, and that's a quarter of a century. I didn't really get much of a celebration this year because of COVID, so depending on what we're allowed to do by April, we'll see. COVID, who's she? Is she another drag queen you work with? She's in the cores. Ah, I see. <laughs> so what's something you're known for? I'm known for... So I'm known for my very strange conceptual numbers that are the majority of them are talking and spoken word as opposed to actual songs and dancing but i'm also known for writing poetry and also my crazy conceptual numbers i think really all of that falls on storytelling i want to be known as a great storyteller oh okay so what's something everyone knows about you i don't feel like anybody knows an awful lot about me i try to keep everything quite close to my chest Okay, then what's something you'd like everyone to know about you? But I'm not actually rich. 
feel like people think that I'm really wealthy and rich, but I'm not. I just dress that way. And it's like, it's one of those weird things that's come with my drag. I always, I like to sort of play with gender, obviously, but I like to play with wealth as well. It's like I could walk up into a bar and have about a tenner in my bank account, but you'd think that... You at least had £12.50. Exactly! (laughs) (laughs) That's wealth. Wealth is relative, in my opinion, anyway. Wow. Wealth is relative. Wealth is relative. (laughs) Wealth wealth is relative. (laughs) (laughs) Period! (laughs) So what's something you're most proud of? I am probably most proud of my poetry book. Um, the Sunflowers and Ghosts trilogy, which I released in 2018 and 2019. And I'm also very proud, obviously, of the book this year, which is called Pink in the Face. I think certainly to evolve as a poet and as a drag queen and to combine the two, I think is, is definitely something. And I think I'm very proud of my ability to be vulnerable, but also to be silly as well, you know. To merge those two worlds together. But I think all in all, I am just proud of everything that I've achieved in drag because before I started drag, I was an insanely introverted person. I never ever thought I would ever go on a stage and perform in front of people. I think every time, even if I do like a crap performance, I do just sometimes need to pinch myself and remind myself that, you know, you're you're on a stage doing something that you never thought would be an option for you. And you've put in that work grow and develop, not just in your craft, but in your confidence. Wow, very interesting. So what's something you're not proud of? I'm not proud of usually how much I drink before I go on stage. I feel like a lot of people in the drag scene don't actually know what I'm like sober. (laughs) I know I don't. I mean, it's (laughs) it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday and you're steaming. I can smell the liquor coming off you. You know, just a little mimosa with my cornflake. It's nothing wrong with that. Mm. It's like having a cup of chamomile at night. I have a mimosa in the morning. I see. And do you put the cornflakes in the mimosa, or do you pour the mimosa on top of the cornflakes? One individual cornflake, stick a cocktail stick through it, and it's the little garnish in the glass. Wow, and you wonder why people think you're rich. Exactly. They're special A. Oh, no, they're not cornflakes. Crunchy (laughs) nuts. Crunchy nuts. I like the ones dipped in the honey with the nuts on it. Okay, how about this? On a scale of one to five, how much do you drink? Well, before lockdown, I would have said five. Now, I'm literally somewhere between like a one and a two now. I have honestly cut that shit out. I never realised how much drinking... At one point in my life, drinking was something I would do on my own. And I would do it a lot. Sometimes if I thought, I need some inspiration. So I would be like, or I want to write a poem or something, but I can't get the words out. I'd be like, a few glasses of wine, a few glasses of wine, turn into a bottle. And that was obviously something that I did on my own, and it wasn't healthy. Um, but now for me, I think, obviously, there's just been no motivation. become a lot more of a social thing. But there's no social aspect of it anymore. So definitely my drinking has gone from like a five to a one very quickly. I don't actually miss it that much. Okay, then. How about we answer some questions a little bit faster? Just your gut reaction, okay? Right. Okay. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Pepsi or Pepsi Max? Pepsi. Pepsi or Pepsi Diet? Pepsi. Pepsi or Pepsi Cherry? Ooh. Pepsi. By the way, this podcast is not sponsored by Pepsi. They couldn't be bothered. (laughs) (laughs) 
They were too busy sponsoring Salma's podcast. <laughs> okay. Fave drink. Fave drink? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, Come a glass a glass of Pinot Grigio. Mm. Favorite food? Carbonara. Mm. Favorite type of pasta? Oh, well, I just discovered a new one. It's like, it looks like it says giggly. No, is that how you pronounce it? It's like G-I-G-L-E. Mm. Giggly. It's, it, oh, it's wonderful. Okay. Favorite brand of deodorant? Lynx Africa! Yeah! <laughs> mm. I thought I smelled testosterone when you came in. That sweat, darling. <laughs> Ah, well this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, my final question to you. What was your drink again? I completely forgot what you ordered and I didn't write it down. A uh, Pinot Grigio with extra bleach, please. <laughs> of course, I'll get that out right away. In the meantime, how about we um, stare into each other's eyes without blinking? Okay. Ah, this is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry your coffee's not ready, but you seem to be okay with that dishwater. Gorgeous. I can taste a little bit of a toasty in there from earlier. Mm, yeah, we really don't do as much hygiene as we should rest on in the middle of the pandemic. You're gonna get caught out. <laughs> Let's see Big Nicky try and take us down. <laughs> okay, well in the meantime, while we're still preparing your drink, how about you try our special daily blend coffee? So, our daily blend coffee of the day is actually really interesting that you're here to try it. It's Ooh. like almost coincidental. How weird is that? But um Strange. it's talking about drag in the digital age. Like mm. if you want to just if you want to just take a sip of it right now. Mm. Mm, lots of hints. Yeah, lots of there's if you notice there's like a note of um desperation and oh. needing to do something. <laughs> yeah. So what's your initial thoughts on drag in the digital age? Well, when digital drag first appeared, or like when people started to do digital shows, it first appeared in the form of like live streams. Like that was when I first noticed it. I got asked by Fauna Love to do a live stream and read poetry out loud. And I thought, oh my word, like, this is probably what's going to happen throughout lockdown. However, then as shows started to come out where people were making these performance videos, you sort of, it was really interesting to watch grow and develop and get more and more, I suppose, intricate and innovative. I started looking at it as an opportunity and my one sort of ethos was that I want to do things that I would never be able to do on a stage, usually due to logistics. Um, at the start, I sort of started playing around with using my own voice for numbers, um, which is something I've never done before. Yeah. I mean, like, I would personally hate to have to, like, listen back to my voice as I was speaking. <laughs> like, can you just imagine sitting somewhere, recording your voice, and then having to listen to it over and over again before you show it to people? That sounds hellish, I but I, I, it's, I'm used to it now. Ah, sounds like hell on earth to me. <laughs> my one aim is by the end of next year is to have an, an M&S ready voice. You know, mm. this is not just a cappuccino from a ship. This is an expertly blended cappuccino with boom, shove it down your gob, that sort of thing. Wow, you should really talk to our manager. I think we can maybe get you to do some voiceover work for us. Some adverts for Clyde One. Yeah, you are only paid in exposure. Oh, well, you know, that's as good as anything, isn't it? That takes me back. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I do a lot of work for very little pay. <laughs> so back to digital drag. So what are some things you've learned having to do drag digitally as opposed to on stage? Well, it's a completely different game. I have always enjoyed editing, particularly like me, like little filmmaking. My sister and I used to make little new films when we were when I was a child. My first ever phone, it was like a tiny little Sony Ericsson Walkman, but it had like this little video editing software on it. So you could make these tiny little two megapixel clips. And I rinsed that for everything it was worth. So I've been editing videos on all sorts of devices since the age of 12. And it's something that I've built up over the years. And then obviously doing drag, I neglected it a bit unless I needed to do a YouTube project or like a relevant discussion. What's that? <laughs> it's a discussion that's totally irrelevant. But oh, you mean like the one we're currently having? Yes, it's reincarnated. So I've been editing for years on and off, but this taught me to put a lot more production value into it and to realize the opportunities that I had to tell crazier stories that I can't do on stage. And I what think, kind of stories have you told? Um, a lot of my stuff tends to be centered around docudramas, but certainly at the moment they are anyway. Um, so like the first sort of docudrama that I did, it was more of an experiment and it was about a girl group called the Sweetener Hunks, um, the rip-off of the Sugar Babes. But my idea was that it was set in like a parallel world where it was, and I basically played every single lineup as the, you know, the lineup of the Sugar Babes changed every few years. And I just thought that's something I've always wanted to do, but wouldn't be able to do because it would require six of me or me and five other performers, which it would just be a nightmare to get organized. And then I did like a number that was basically taking an episode of Doctor Who and turning that into a medical documentary. And recently I've just done a number on Come Dine With Me where I play every contestant and a number centered around Mrs. Claus. Um, so generally the stories that I've been telling are just wildly strange concepts that no one asked for. But they go anyway. Mm, like all these free coffees I've been giving you through our conversation. Yes, I'm absolutely shitted. <laughs> Shittered. Absolutely. Shittered? Shittered. Buzzing. <laughs> Can't even talk anymore. I mean, that is my plan, is to fill people up with coffee till the shit is coming out of their mouth. <laughs> Tongue immobilizers. <laughs> How is doing digital drag going to affect you when you go back to doing work on stage? I think certainly it's enhanced my ability to make mixes because it's forced me to obviously be more creative and to tell crazier stories. But I also think the challenge is going to be remembering this isn't a digital performance. This is on stage. You don't have the visual aids that you would have um, doing a digital number. So. It's going to have to be, my challenge is going to be learning to simplify a little bit again. Um, but I do think it has taught me how to more cleverly integrate certain dialogues, certain lines, certain sound bites. I was getting good at that anyway before lockdown, but now having the time to do it solidly, it's, I don't know, it could go either one of two ways because it is totally different going on stage than doing digital. You've got people actually watching you and you're going to be chasing that immediate reaction which you don't have when you do. I'm going to have to learn to sort of be present in the moment and deliver right on time. 
So like how much work goes into making say a five minute performance video in drag for digital drag compared to preparing a five minute performance on stage? It's a lot more work. Well for me certainly. I know some queens they would, you know, they would sew a costume together. You know, maybe for those of you who sew or style your wigs, <laughs> who actually bother to style your wigs unlike me, you'd be looking at like maybe a week's worth of work a stage number. When I do a stage number, I just need maybe about a day or two to make it, and then one day to go out and buy a dress from Primark, <laughs> and um, then spend the rest of the time rehearsing. For a digital number, it's like I have to spend spend about the same amount of time coming up with the sound bites. Then I usually spend a day filming, and it depends on how many characters. The Doctor Who number I did, it took two months, because I was working um, at the same time, I was working in a hospitality job, and I would have to do all my filming on my days off. I'd maybe have like two days off, and I would, and I had like six characters, so it took basically three weeks to do all the filming, and then it takes hours and hours and hours to edit it, because editing software is notoriously difficult to use. And I've had to learn how to use different editing software with more advanced features to enable me to play different characters and to use a green screen. Wow, that sounds like so much work. Speaking of things not working, um, I'm just going to check our cappuccino machine because <laughs> it probably should have gone off by now. Give, give me just a few seconds. Do you know what this is? This is an advertisement slot. Advertisement. Don't you just want to fill up this ad slot with a big, thick advertisement for your podcast or show? Corporate sponsorship. Don't you just want to fill this up with all of your content links? and where to find you on Instagram and other forms of social media. Follow us on Twitter and MySpace. And do you know how to fill this slot really, really well? Well, the answer's simple. You just let us fill yours. Hi, I'm Sophie So Fierce. I'm in charge of this podcast. In charge is a strong word. It makes me feel I have any control over what's said or done here. Essentially, this is an ad slot. What you can do if you run a podcast or know someone that does, or if you're organizing a show or event, contact us via Gmail at cafesofe at gmail.com. We'll play your ad if you play ours. It's really quite simple. Artists help artists, so let's share our audiences with one another in a fun, unique way. <laughs> <laughs> Canned laughter. <laughs> wow, this has been so interesting talking to you. I know, why don't we change it up a bit? Do you want to play a wee game with me? On. It's a thing I play with a couple of like the really cool customers, and to be perfectly honest, it's been a really slow day today. Are the cool customers here yet? <laughs> I'm the one making the joke. So the game is called Decaf or Full Blend. Right. So I'm going to give you three facts. Right. Two of them are real, one of them is not. Okay. So you mentioned that you wrote poetry. Mm-hmm. So how about I ask you a couple poetry facts, and you can tell me whether they're true, so full blend, or if they're false. Decaf. Okay. 
I'm going to be terrible at this because I actually don't know much about the wider world of poetry. <laughs> so this will be fun. Yeah, okay. So, the skin of a murderer was once used to bind a poetry book by John Milton. So you mentioned you wrote poetry. What have you bound your books in? Any murderers? Um, Other drag queens? I've used uh, the foreskin of an old boyfriend. <laughs> wow, you must have had a really big foreskin for you to find a whole book in it. Oh, you used to get lost in it. Where is a hat? That's disgusting. <laughs> Use it as a joker. Oh, God. Calamari. <laughs> Madam, this is a family-friendly establishment. If you're going to talk about foreskins, I will need you to sign a release form. Well, I did use the medical term. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's a little quick one that I know just off the top of my head. Um, metrophobia is a fear of poetry. Oh. Now this isn't heterophobia, which is a fear <laughs> of the straits, which we should all be. We should all be absolutely terrified of the straits. I am. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Do you think that one could be real? Do you think that one could be false? Well, that's interesting, because it doesn't sound like it would be linked to poetry. But then again, poetry is all about playing with language. Mm. Metrophobia. It sounds to me more like it would be a fear of something that's... The think... subway or the trains? Well, that's one aspect. I also think of like a metrosexual. Oh. Wow. See, my mind immediately went to newspaper, the metro. Just a fear of one particular well, newspaper. A fear of publications and a fear of written works. Mm. You know. Yeah, they're related, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a bit of a teaser for you there. And finally, the world's shortest poem is two letters long. I believe that. Is it like a Ruby core poem? <laughs> um, it's actually by well, those mumble rappers. It's technically only two letters, because they pause for breath in between. What is it like, aye aye? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. The world's shortest poem ah. being two letters. What is it? Okay. <laughs> See, I can imagine like Scott's poetry, the shortest one being one word, because we tend to just trail every single word into the same sentence. So like, did I? That could be one word. The thing is, like, I've read poetry books where they have tried to pass off, like, a sentence. Mm, and is that called Sunflowers and Ghosts by Marie St. Sandy? Oh, oh I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would get picked up and published. Any publishers listening in, it's very good. Mm-hmm. It's published in the foreskin of an ex-boyfriend. Okay, those are our three facts. I'll go through them one more time and you can give me your gut reaction on what you think. Right. The skin of a murderer was used to bind a poetry book by John Milton. Etrophobia is a fear of poetry. The world's shortest poem is two letters long. I want to say that the decaf fact is that the world's shortest poem is two letters? I just don't see any rules of poetry that that could follow. Any rules of poetry? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see how you pass that off as a poem. I know, I know people would attempt to do that, but then again, you need to ask yourself, what is a poem? I'm just, I mean, the other, metrophobia, I don't know what that means. So... You think that one's a full blend then, just because it's... Such a specific bit of knowledge. Yeah, but then I'm like, are you trying to be clever? <laughs> <laughs> have I just have I just said the word heterophobia with a lisp? That, well, I am gay, and my asshole does have a lisp. Oh, 
That's gross. <laughs> You're the one cutting about with poetry books in the skin of your next boyfriend. Well, it was John Milton. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not alone there. I mean, how? I mean, how long ago would that find a book in the skin of a murderer? Get away with it. Get away with it. That's the thing. And it's that people did all sorts of savage. People do sav savage stuff today. Oh my god, you sound like such a lad right now. Do I? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're going with the world's shortest poem is two letters long? Yes. Okay. I think that's the decal. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm happy to let you know that metrophobia is a fear of phobia. Of phobia? <laughs> again. <laughs> Metrophobia is a fear of poetry. Ah. It comes from the word uh, meta. Mm. Um, so it's between the skin of a murderer and the world's shortest poem. You want to change your decaf answer or are you settled on shortest poem? Well, part of me is now thinking, like, if that first fact is decaf, then you have thought of this. And I'm like, Oh my god, that's just- you're cursed. <laughs> you think I've just made up a, a person? i made up a whole person. John Milton. Ah. <laughs> it's this big person. Big person. <laughs> um, I'm gonna stick with my answer. Stick with answer. Okay. Well, I'm happy to let you know that that is in fact the decaf answer. Can you guess at what the world's shortest poem actually is? I don't actually know. Um, what is it? Do you know what it is? I know what it is, yeah. I know what it is. I'm an intelligent barista. <laughs> I went to college. This was the best job I could get. I know what I was going to say. I have a master's in engineering. Is that so? Mm -hmm. Right, and how, and how would one engineer the world's shortest poem? Is it maybe like three words? Or is it like one sentence? You're thinking way too long. Serious? Is yep. it one letter? Yes. What? It's one letter long. What, what letter? It's the letter M, however, it has two extra legs. Which I think is cheating. It's just what, what the letter that... M with two extra legs. And what's that? Mmm. <laughs> it's the sound I make when I murder my ex-boyfriend and turn his foreskin into a poet. <laughs> oh my god, no, it's, um... So basically, it's the end of that line in Shrek 2. Great soup, Mrs. Q! Mmm! <laughs> yes, yes, that was written by Shrek. You won't believe this. The entire power to the whole building has been turned off since we've been having this conversation! Have you not paid your bills? Um, I'm an employee, sir. I, I do not pay the bills <laughs> of the company. Sir. 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 Anyway, um, while we're gonna make you your coffee, uh, how about we have, um, just a little frank discussion about something stupid? Now, okay. you've talked about a lot of hard topics, like why you prefer Pepsi over Pepsi Max, or why you prefer Pepsi over Pepsi Diet. That was you a know? very difficult decision to make. Uh-huh. You know, if anyone was, like, eavesdropping on this conversation, you know, just listening to the whole thing, I bet they'd be like, wow, this is a really serious, serious conversation they're having. So how about we lighten it up a bit? Okay. Um, it's a game I like to call Inventy Words or Less. 
So, in this game, basically, I'm just going to give you a prompt off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about it, and then I guess you can, like, sum up your answer in 20 words or less. Or 20 words or less, because we're a coffee shop, and we need to use minimal Italian. That's just the <laughs> practice. I mean, blame those bastards over at Starbucks. They're the ones <laughs> doing all this. You know? Or, you know, Kusha Coffee. Kusha Coffee? <laughs> or, oh my god, the absolute worst one ever. Cafe Iro. Oh, I like Cafe Iro. Mmm, shame they all closed down. Did they? Anyway. Then where have I been drinking? <laughs> Real question you should be asking yourself is what have you been drinking? So, how about this? How would you live different if you were only allowed to speak using quotes from Vines or TikTok. I think I will. For a start, I would be ten times funnier, ten times more annoying. Um, really? Only ten? <laughs> and double that up. Make it a double if you want. Um, it would certainly help with my mix making. It would come very naturally to me. Um, I think it would be very Chaotic. I don't think anybody would take me seriously ever again. I say again as though they took me seriously before. Um, the only vines or tips mm -hmm. or YouTube references. Like I, I'd like to point out, you gotta live differently from now on using these lines in TikTok. For example, when you're at the back, if you're like sorting out shit at the back, you can only speak in vines or tips. Oh my god, what would I say in the back? What vine? <laughs> What Vine would I use? What TikTok would I use? My word, I think I would gravitate a lot towards reality TV. Mm -hmm. Reality TV Vines? Yeah, or like those... Just walking into a bank and going, fuck, piece of Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> or like walking in, being like, it's like having a job, <laughs> working 24-7 for two days on the trot. <laughs> I think... Think how many times you would say yeet in a day. Yeet, yeah. It's interesting, my language would just be a, like a collage language. My language would be decided by the world. <laughs> I imagine you're going to be a little bit like Bumblebee from Transformers, just like jumping between vines to form a coherent sense. I mean, that that is mix-making in a nutshell, though. You know, if I can do it on stage, I'd like to think I'd be able to do it in real life. I think it might make things at work very awkward might affect my relationship with my family. Mm -hmm. um, I think you would get... I think someone would say to me, like, um, oh my god, can you not just be yourself? And I'd be, like, quoting Tiffany Pollard, being like, Angie, can't you just be real for two fucking seconds? You're walking around like you did 80 lines of coke. Uh-huh. I mean, like, the worst thing is, is if you're, like, friends with a Gemma, there's, like, literally only one thing you can say to her. Gemma, you have been selected to get in the cage. <laughs> of course, that one. That's the one I'm referring to. <laughs> okay, so let's try and sum up. In 20 words or less, how would your life be different if you could speak only using sound bites from TikTok? Ooh, this is difficult. This will be, like, a, a really rubbish poem, won't it? Hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> Chaotic? Chaotic entry to a fabulous pastiche stand-up career. <laughs> uh, dead relationships, unemployment, uh, excellent mix-making. Surely to God I've reached 20 words by now. <laughs> yeah. 
You're about four away. I am the meme master. <laughs> wonderful, That's absolutely terrible. wonderful. <laughs> you know, I can almost hear a fourth poetry book calling. I d fifth? I can almost hear a fifth poetry book calling. Oh god, I can hear it calling as well. The voice is in my head. <laughs> And you know what the first poem's gonna be? Just the letter M. Mmm. <laughs> <Bed> cheese. <laughs> that was a TikTok I saw. There's this trend where it's like they ask their boyfriends to touch their bed sheets. I just saw one where it's just this guy like just rubbing his hand on the bed, like mmm, bed sheets. <laughs> there you go, quoting TikToks. Yeah, there we go. Oh, you look at that. Your coffee's done. Oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. It is cold, and that will be £7.50. This London or something? <laughs> no one knows where Café Sophie is. Where? Where am I? <laughs> How did I get here? It is enough to go cut, so... Um, say if anyone was, you know, listening into this conversation, where might someone find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Marie Saint Sandy. And do you have any, like, shows coming up or anything you're working on at the current moment? I've got nothing lined up at the moment, obviously, just seeing where everything takes me, waiting to get invited for another show, hint, hint. Um, hopefully when everything opens up again, I'll be able to get back to the stage, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But nothing in the works. If you keep your eye on my socials, there'll be things pop up here and there. Yeah, well, and also, if you were wanting to, you know, follow me on anything, I'm um, Sophie underscore Queen on Instagram. S-O-O-F-E-E underscore Queen. I always spell out my name because I always hate it when you're in a place and they misspell your name or write it wrong on the cup. I, Marnie St. Mandy, also hate that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, well, thank you very much for shopping at Cafe Sophie today. Well, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. You have been here almost an hour, and we are ready to close. So if you could just, you know, leave. Get locked in. No, I just want you to leave. <laughs> and here is me thinking you cared about your customers. Oh. The customer is king, but we don't live in a monarchy. The customer is always shite. <laughs> Okay, bye-bye now. Bye. 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 No, 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 it's a push door. It's a push... It's a push... It's a push door. It's a push door. Jesus Christ. Got it. She was able to push her socials fine. This has been Cafe Sophie. The special guest this week was Marie St. Sandy. Follow her on Instagram at on Twitter at Marie St. Sandy. Follow me, your hostess, Sophie So Fierce, on Instagram at Sophie underscore Queen. Special thanks to our special guest this week, Marie St. Sandy. She filmed this sitting on a bed contemplating her existence. Make sure if you're a fan of the podcast to like, share, subscribe, and also tell your friends. If you would like to receive early episodes of the podcast each week, follow us on Patreon. Become a patron and you can receive episodes a whole week earlier, plus extra bonus content. 
I hope you enjoyed hearing about our likes, our loves, and most importantly, our coffee order.